Hello and welcome to the Sleep Teacher Pod, the podcast for all the parents out there who just want sleep. I'm Christy, owner of The Sleep Teacher, and I am joined by my colleague, Beck. If you are in the trenches of sleep deprivation, we see you, we feel you, and trust us, this podcast is going to become your new BFF. We want you to know that you can still be a lovingly attached parent and get good sleep. You don't have to choose between the two. So pop Bub in the carrier, grab yourself a coffee, put those headphones in, because we have all the sleep tips coming your way. Let's get napping, Mama. Hello, everybody. It is Christy and Beck from The Sleep Teacher. We are back for one of our live Q&As, but this one actually is more like we're going to do mini consults. So we had, as you'll hear, our questions that came through. Um, and these ones, yeah, we've tried to break down and almost do like a little troubleshooting consult for you all. We've really got a mixed bag with client scenarios as well, which is good. We've got like a baby who's, you know, five months old, waking overnight for the dummy and feeds. Mum doesn't know whether to remove the dummy, so that's going to help. So we'll break down what we think, you know, is going to work best there. We have a six-month-old who's happy to settle at bedtime, but will refuse to self-settle throughout the day. Uh, another one, we've got a 12-month-old who mum is finding is really grumpy when she wakes from her nap. So mum's wondering whether or not she has to stop waking her and let her sleep longer. So we're going to give you our thoughts on what we think and troubleshoot that one for you. But yeah, lots of fun ones this week. How are you going, Beck? I am going well, thank you. We had our Christmas party, actually. We did. did. So that was so fun. I'm too old for this. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree. My body's sore. (laughs) All cocktails and the dancing, but it it was was so fun. fun. It was good. Love Um, live music. It's mm. so fun. It's mm. just the best, best yes. atmosphere. Yeah. So we went up to Brisbane and Beck showed us around and took us to some <laughs> good places, but it was fun. It's just always nice to sort of not have to worry about that mental load of being at home. Mm-hmm. But then I guess in the same sense, like you literally don't stop worrying about the mental load. <laughs> I was like at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning laying in my hotel bed going, oh, my God, I haven't put the grocery order in. Quickly doing the grocery Cut it off at 7 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> doing the grocery order. Got home. The house is a ship fight. But anyway. Oh, gosh. They it worth, it while, worth it while it lasted. Yes, for sure. Yeah, um, I had uh, my little second son has starting prep next year so probably is that kindergarten for yes kindergarten yeah. new south wales so yep call it prep so that is just so like i cannot believe i'll have two in school next oh, year it's i was yeah. yeah saying to a friend like when you're in this time of our lives where it's just like you know little kids and that's what you are Constant. like yeah you're just mum you know and you never feel like you're going to come away from that. Like that's very much part of your identity. And it was just weird. So I was saying like, oh, my God, I'm like so coming out of that baby, mm. like baby stage where yeah. I'll have two in school and then my youngest is, you know, two and a half. He's toilet trained. He's looking at dropping his day nap. Like it's just crazy that this is where I am. Because <laughs> like, you just never think I that know. you're – going to go past it and like there's life beyond the babyhood oh my god I honestly remember like when Hattie went like being my last I was so like when Elkie went I was like oh my god she's so ready because we also held her back as well because her birthday is February so we held her back so she was like well and truly ready being the first like the oldest she was Mm. already pretty like 
switched on and independent. And then the fact we'd held her back, she was well and truly ready to go. So I was excited for her and I was like, yep, you need to be there. And second, I was like, oh yeah, this is fine. Like, you know, again, sort of like where you are now. Yeah. And I was (laughs) like, 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 you know, having the two in the same spot and whatnot. But then the time Hattie came, I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. And we used to have like mummy and Hattie Fridays where, you know, she wasn't at preschool or anything like that. And I didn't work Fridays. So it was just like our thing. We did mummy and Hattie day. And I remember like doing our last one and I was like, oh my God, this is so emotional. And the day I dropped her, like the leading up to it, I was so upset about it. I dropped her and I got in the car and I lost it. Like absolutely. I've got it on video. I remember sharing it on my stories. I was like, I'm not okay. But it was such a like weird feeling for a while. And then yeah. you just go on to the next phase. <laughs> yeah, then it, exactly. And that's what it is. It's just like you're on to that next chapter in your life. It's great. It's just always hard for different reasons, but things mm. just, yeah, I don't know. But you're going to have a very tired little boy every Friday now. I know. I, I remember I that know. first term. Like <laughs> He goes three days to his daycare now. And mm. so I just don't know how he's going to go, but we'll see. Yeah. Like my eldest was fine. He was, he, he yeah. was kind of cruised into it. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how he goes next year. I that just always remember like trying on the first term to not have like any after-school activities on a Friday mm. because they were so tired and mm. they just needed that sort of wind down. and Yeah, chill um, out. Yeah, try not to make too many Movie plans. night. That's our movie pizza night every Friday yeah. in our house. Pick him up from one. kindy and school. Yeah. Swims, movie, pizza, Easy, done, mm. bedtime. <laughs> Just the way we like it. <laughs> okay, well, um, we will dive into this one. Yeah, lots of exciting topics as well coming in the next couple of weeks, which we're really excited to share with you. Got some great guests coming on as well. But as always, please continue to tag us when you're listening to our podcast, Coffee and Bub in Hand, wherever you are. We'd love to see it. And yeah, let's get into this one. We are back. We've got our voice questions submitted. So we're going to play them for you and then we're going to answer them and give you our opinion. What is the best place to start when getting a eight-month-old to learn to self-settle overnight who is waking every two hours and you've never done it before with your older two children who are seven and three? Goes to bed with a cuddle and a pat, sometimes a feed, sometimes not a feed. Hasn't yet gone to bed laying down in her cot and fallen asleep on her own. Feeling very daunting and too scared to start. Okay, Laura, I completely understand. It definitely can feel so daunting and... Yeah, honestly, you just don't even know where to start because it feels like there's so much going on. (laughs) But our advice always when introducing settling methods is to always start at bedtime. That drive to sleep and sleep pressure is so much higher then and you're going to have a lot more success starting at bedtime. But you want to make sure, though, that the lead up to that bedtime is going to (laughs) complement the changes you're making. So we don't want to go into bedtime introducing change and settling methods if your little one's overtired. So just try to do whatever you can do throughout that day to ensure good naps at the right time within the right appropriate awake windows for your little one's age and then introduce that settling method come bedtime because, yeah, there's no point trying to do anything if your little one's overtired. Mm. But even if your lunch nap hasn't been great either, I mean, for an eight-month-old, you could still throw in a little third, you know, 15-minute cat nap and then go into your settle. It's just as long as you don't go into bedtime and they've had like 
you know, four hours of awake time off the back of a 30 minute nap. So that's probably not going to help you. Mm, That's the beauty with sort of anything under that eight months of age. You do have the ability to fall back on that third nap if needed. Mm. And Um, we do commonly see like parents with their subsequent child, like number three, for example, where they haven't had to do anything with their older two. And then, you know, the third one comes and they're like, because you don't have the time and you're really busy with your other children school drop off and all that sort of thing. So the naps and all that, they kind of nap where you are. I don't know if you probably found that <laughs> too, Christy. Oh, definitely. Especially as they went on, like yeah. it was, you know, at first I was like, they have to be at home. They have to be sleeping in the cot. By the time it got to my third, there was not really a lot of day so, naps happening in the cot. Yeah. And I do think those subsequent children are a lot more flexible easy to adjust to change. So that is in your advantage as well, being the third. And the fact that you're sort of not already doing heaps to help your bub go to sleep, I think the transition won't be as daunting as what you'll probably put it in your head as, but it is always still. But once you sort of have a good plan, it will be good. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're saying like sometimes they have a feed to sleep, sometimes they have the pat or a cuddle. So they've got that They've obviously, you know, they're not reliant on one specific sort of sleep association as such. So you've definitely got that there to leverage off. And those two hourly wakes overnight, like that's usually pretty indicative to us of just something that they just need assistance going back to sleep. So once you really master that self-settle at bedtime, I'm sure you'll start to see longer stretches come into play. Yeah. And it'll probably go to every four hours and then you can just move those goalposts, you know? Slowly move the goalposts. Slowly. (laughs) My baby is five months old this week and she's gotten to the point where she's waking twice overnight but isn't having full feeds anymore. She's just falling back to sleep. My question is, if we start replacing the dummy instead of feeding her, will the dummy become a negative association overnight and will she keep waking for it more consistently or will she just keep being able to do the four-hour chunks that she's currently doing and pop the dummy back in instead of feed? The old dummy. Thanks, Kay, Mm, for your question. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Oh, the dummy and the five months of age. This is definitely when we do see that dummy sort of start to play a little bit of havoc in our little one's sleep. If it hasn't already, yes. (laughs) Mm, mm. So I guess if she's waking twice overnight at this age, that's really good. And that's usually pretty much what we would expect to see if our little one sort of isn't over or undertired and they're doing that first sort of stretch of that good chunk of sleep in the first half of the night and then a feed and then another good stretch of sleep and then a feed. Because you're saying that she is only having a a small feed yeah, yeah, and then going back to sleep, so it's more like a comfort feed, I would say that you probably shouldn't find the dummy too big of an issue if you're replacing it for the first one. I would, I guess, assume or predict that more than likely you'll pop the dummy in when your little one wakes for that first feed and you'll probably get another little stretch of sleep and then they'll wake maybe sort of a little bit after midnight. So they may not make it all the way through to that next wake when they usually have their feed, but they might wake a little bit later. So if you're normally feeding sort of, let's just say, 11.30 at night and then, I don't know, earlier in the morning, like say 4 a.m. or something, you might find that you pop the dummy in at 11.30 and then your little one wakes at, say, 1 a.m. Mm. and has a feed then. That's probably what I would predict would happen. So the only issue I do see 
that could happen is that you pop that dummy in and your little one is relying on that to sort of fall asleep and stay asleep. So therefore you're going to find that they're going to continue to wake for that anyway and then have that feed in between the two dummy runs just because they do have those two transitions between sleep cycles overnight. So yeah, you could find, although you drop down a feed, you may still have the two dummy runs. Yeah. The dream would be obviously those two feeds merging into one full feed rather than sort of two not so good feeds. But the only issue with, yeah, like the dummy is let's say you didn't use the dummy and you just taught your little one, you know, go to sleep without the dummy. We would pretty much see your little one sleeping really nicely all the way through to sort of one feed in the second half of the night. But when you have a dummy at play or, you know, any other association, that's where they sleep on lighter surfaces. So they're more easily stirred. And instead of drifting back into a sleep cycle, your bub's probably going to wake up and call out for you. So that's the inconsistency that you'll see with the dummy. So mm. just because at this age, they physically can't find and replace it themselves. Mm. So if they're not using the dummy to actually physically fall asleep at the start of the night, then I probably would just ditch it anyway and just teach them how to resettle at that first wake as opposed to offering the feed and the dummy. Mm. And you're probably going to find that much more manageable. I think best case for you, if you wanted to keep the dummy, would be try to pop the dummy back in at the sort of that first wake and then hope that your little one is genuinely not hungry and does give you close to the four hours and then give them a nice big feed and hopefully they get through to the morning time. But yeah, it's hard to say because dummies are just like some babies really just know as soon as it falls out, it's typically after midnight, it's a lot of dummy runs. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And it's hard to say too because it, if they're having that small little feed at the start of the night as well or around that sort of, I don't know, 11 o'clock or whatever, that little feed might be sustaining them through to sort of that next feed. But if we pop the dummy and don't have it, that's where I'm predicting they may just wake a little bit early and need mm-hmm. it. But hard to say. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Hi guys, absolutely loving your podcast and your Instagram page and everything you're all about. My son is six months old. He's my second. I use the sleep teacher guide for my daughter and he is currently self-settling really well for bedtime just because my husband's FIFO, that's around 7.30. So I'm following the six-month routine, but he's really struggling to self-settle for nap, wanting to feed to sleep. So just wondering what's the best settling technique along with, I guess, some space soothing that you would recommend for him. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Yes. So Alana, um, sleep pressure, as we sort of touched on the first question, is so much higher at bedtime and naturally a little one that has that drive to sleep there and they're a lot easier to settle. They don't put up as much of a resistance to going down. And in the day as well, it's really tricky because if naps aren't lined up and awake windows aren't right or sleep environment's not right, it can be so much harder to settle. And often they do just get in that little behavioral pattern of, you know, knowing that they have that assistance to sleep there. So I personally would just make sure that your routine is going to complement his age and the settling method as well. I would make sure because you're saying he goes down easily at bedtime, just remember that what you may have used to teach him to self-settle originally, it may now be too stimulating. So maybe like less is more. So if you're trying to do too much, it could just be like, oh, mum's here, ready to party. It's fun and games. So just really watching that and making sure, yeah, that it's a little bit less hands-on than what you would have used initially. Mm. Just being mindful because they can self-settle now. Yeah. Um, The great thing with that, and learning how to do it at nighttime is they can 
pop it into their daytime and it's a lot like with more ease than trying to just do it nights and days at the same time. So if your son has been settling well at bedtime, even like what Christy was saying, if you use a little bit more hands-on to help him get to that point for nighttime sleep, you probably see that you won't need to do that now. I also would just like feed in the first part of the awake window and just don't offer that feed while you're trying to settle. So even if it means trying to just pop him in the cot and yeah, have a look at your settling in the guide as to what that looks like, but it's really going to help you to just take that feed away because then you run the risk of him getting super drowsy and fighting you even more. They get a little reboot. Yeah. So just nice and awake that whole awake time before the nap and then settle from Mm. that point. Yeah. And I'd probably like given your little one's age as well, I'd try to make sure the morning nap's not too long and just then focus on trying to settle for the lunch nap. Just continue to assist for the lunch nap. Don't try and introduce your settling just yet for that nap. Work on that lunch nap first. Yeah. And just Um, get the self-settle done and then work on the resettle it will come yeah easier. that'll come that'll come later but once you get that self-settle it'll fall into place it just takes a lot more patience and consistency to get the lunch naps happening <sighs> and good luck <laughs> sleep deprivation it is tough i have been there and i know it's not fun it's a tough gig being a parent let alone a sleep deprived parent so whether you're dealing with cat napping from a four-month-old or bedtime battles with a four-year-old we have the tools and support to help guide you to a better night's sleep no more fighting the nap no more fighting bedtime no more night wakes you don't have to just survive on this parenting journey of broken sleep you can really thrive our team have supported over 15,000 families worldwide and we want to help you please don't put up with another night of broken sleep Find our details in our show note and get started. Like to know if it really is beneficial to wake the baby up after 30 minutes to 45 minutes. We're talking about 11, 12 month old here because she gets really cranky and upset for the next few hours from only having that short nap, even though she slept, you know, 10, 11 hours overnight straight. I'm just wondering, like, she can have an hour in the morning and then have an hour and a half in the afternoon, or is that still going to affect when she goes to the only one nap a day? I'm just really struggling with waking her up and making her cranky just so I can do that transition easier later when she's not a two-hour sleeper in the afternoon, no matter what I do. No matter if she has 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour, she will only sleep an hour to an hour and a half in the afternoon. I try reselling, I try saving the nap, I do it often, but, you know, sometimes it's getting harder. Thank you. Uh, Yes, the short morning naps. We obviously, if you've followed us for a while, you know we're huge advocates of that short, long routine. And some babies do seem a little bit cranky when they get up. No, No one likes getting woken up from sleep, especially the first nap too, because it essentially is an extension of night sleep. So like their sleep hormones are still a little bit higher than they are later on in the day. But it does make that transition towards one nap a lot easier. And yes, your daughter is sort of getting on the cusp of getting close to dropping that morning nap. And by all means, you can try that medium, medium schedule. So an hour in the morning and an hour and a half at lunch. But personally, I would assume that an hour, they may still wake grumpy. (laughs) It's really going to come down to, I guess, your little one. And the fact that you are trying to resettle and then not going back to sleep for the lunch nap I'm talking about you might find that it works but 
I think that you could then also find you're stuck in that cycle of, okay, well, they've had an hour now and then then it could push the whole day out. I just think it can get messy Mm. at this age. What do you think, Beck? I just think, you know, yes, we love a short morning nap and a long lunchtime nap. It doesn't mean to say it's the only way. Of course, there's lots of babies that have that longer morning nap, but we just do see issues arise with this mm. nap transition of going to one and not even when they're ready. So, we, you know, 11 and 12-month-olds, most of them are not ready for one nap, but if they are having a long morning nap, they tend to not want their afternoon nap too early, as mm. in come 11, 12 months, it's like, oh, they had a nice hour, two-hour morning nap and now come to one thirty, two o'clock, whatever it is, it's like fight city. <laughs> it's like, yeah. don't want to go down. You're driving around, you're pushing in a pram. Like it can just make it so much harder that we see. I think if your bub is happy at the moment, you know, having an hour and then having an hour to an hour and a half and sleeping 11 to 12 hours overnight, good, great. You know, I think yeah. I just, I wonder too, the fact you're saying they, no matter what you do, they'll only sleep one to one and a half hours at lunch. I'd also want to look at what awake time you're having between the two naps mm. as well, because it might not be enough mm. to encourage the two hours because you're saying you consistently try to resettle. So you've obviously putting in that work to try to resettle and it's just not going anywhere. So I wonder that's something else like Probably at this age, you'd be looking at around at least probably three to three hours, 15 awake time in between Yeah, if having a 30-minute nap. Yeah. And some even might do three and a half. It just depends what their tolerance is. But also, we don't want to try and resettle at this age, really, if they're self-settling. We want to take a step back and really encourage them with support to resettle, but not do it for them. Because if they've had an hour or an hour and a half, and you go in and try and do all the things, it's very unlikely they're going to go back to sleep. Game anyway. over. <laughs> so, and to be honest, an hour and a half at this age is a good nap. Like two hours yeah. is really good, but an hour and a half is also great. So yeah. if you are finding you're having 30 minutes in the morning and an hour and a half, you know, that's still a good nap day. <laughs> yeah. And I know your concern is though the fact that she's waking grumpy. So you can also try just like opening the door and the blinds and slowly like and turning off the white noise just to slowly allow your little one to wake on their own rather than going in and getting them up and I still have that issue with Brooklyn he is a nightmare to wake up but I just do it because I know that I love my 11 hours you like your consistency overnight I know you've got to pick your battles yeah (laughs) they do but I totally it does take them a long time to stop being grumpy which is you know not fun but that's the hard bit I I guess yeah, just You're sitting there going, Do you want me to put pepper on? Do you <laughs> not pepper? I don't like yeah. pepper. Oh, I know. Well, like, this is me going back with my girl, so I've never liked pepper, pepper or in the I night feel garden. Like she's a bit rude. Don't you think she's a bit rude? Oh yeah. Little yeah, she's a bit bratty. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. Oh. Oh, mine's like Paw Patrol or yeah. Bluey. Oh gosh, Paw Patrol. <laughs> I know, and Bluey is so cute. 15-month-old daughter is waking from her midday nap after 20 minutes, inconsolable. I've tried patting her back to sleep and for the last two days I've tried controlled crying and nothing is working. Alrighty, so waking up, I guess we'd first want to look at is your little one still having a morning nap 
because that could be the reason why they are waking 20 minutes into their second nap. Probably just either the morning naps on the way out or just start to need to trim it down. Or you could go the other route of leaving it at, you know, 30 minutes, but offering more awake time before nap two. 20 minutes is definitely not even one sleep cycle. So I would say if it's a really big fight to get them to go to sleep and then they're only sleeping for 20 minutes, I would say they're just not tired enough to give you Mm. more. Yeah. Yeah. And they're waking inconsolable here. So yeah, I would definitely question like the length of the morning nap and then also the awake time between the naps, similar to our question before from Leith. But if you've dropped the nap and they're only doing 20 minutes, it could either be that the nap's too early or too late and they're over or under tired. So just finding that balance because it is a tricky age because some babies could be dropping it now and some have still got the nap. So I'll definitely look at what's happening in the morning nap. And again, like that will all help you. And then we just want to be super mindful of the nothing is working to get them back to sleep. So again, we don't really want to be the ones making them go to sleep. That's right. So 15 month olds, if they're self-settling, like it's not up to you to make them go back to sleep. You just have to, you know, make everything good, set the scene and then just support and reassure while they do that, you know, because Mm. I feel like you padding and all that sort of stuff at this age is like way too much. Mm. <laughs> it's like a we lot. always say like that little bit of space is mm. where the magic happens, and it really is. Like it doesn't mean you're to leave your child for yeah. hours. It's just you shut listening. the door and don't see them till tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> finish that lunch nap. <laughs> I'm lunch. kidding, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> so yeah. I would just, yeah, look at that morning nap. If she's having it, if she's not, maybe time to trim it down. Also the awake time between the two naps, if having it, or the timing of the nap, nap, if not having it. And then again, not overplaying your role with trying to resettle. Hello, I have a nine-month-old boy. He has developed a bit of a habit over the last couple of months of resisting most sleeps. So it's a battle to get him to sleep in his cot. He sleeps well on the go in the pram or in the car, but at home he really fights it. I have your guide, so we follow the age-appropriate routines. And being second bub, I'm kind of aware of like his sleepy cues. We do the half an hour morning nap, the two-hour lunch nap and then bed for like quarter past six. Once he's asleep, he sleeps good is um is a challenge. And obviously having a three-year-old, I don't have the time to spend in his room like I did with her. So yeah, just any tips would be greatly appreciated. Okay. So this one's sort of similar to our first question. Um, so you've obviously, yeah, I feel like you've developed that little bit of a habit, habit with not napping at home or fighting sleep at home. Um, I think again, I would bring it all back to basics and just start to work on that bedtime settle. It's okay to continue having those naps on the go, but when it comes to bedtime, I would just be really consistent with trying to make sure that, yeah, you're consistent with teaching him how to self-settle there and working on that. And then you'll find those naps so much easier to achieve. So whether you've got someone there that can help with your three-year-old or your three-year-old may already be in bed at that time and then focus on 
yeah, settling your nine month old. It won't take long, just a few nights of being really consistent and not swapping and changing what you're doing. But yeah, again, you want to make sure the lead up to that bedtime settle is working well. A lot of clients will go into trying to teach their little one to self-settle with the day naps. And that's just where we find it can get a little bit tricky and you go, I've tried, I've tried, it's not working, it's not working. And you get in that cycle of just rescuing the nap and it becomes the norm for your baby and they know okay yep (laughs) it's just that behavioral pattern that we need to try to break so if we can really try to work on mastering that self-settle at bedtime you'll find naps so much easier to achieve yeah and I think as well like this age you know just keep doing what you're doing for the morning nap we wouldn't worry about trying to get that one in the cot unless you're at home but even then you could just chuck them in the pram and just yeah yeah those shorter morning naps like you can just have them on the go whether it be Mm. on the way to three-year-old's daycare or like walking to the park or going to get a coffee or listening to our podcast (laughs) (laughs) shout out (laughs) you just want to remember like babies just know what they know so they just learn through repetition they get preferences the older they get the sort of more they'll let you know when you're trying something different and then not familiar with that. So just give it a good couple of days to a week of practice and exposure to napping in the cot at lunchtime. And you'll probably find he'll adjust just fine. Again, supporting him through that change, but he can, obviously we know that he can sleep in the cot because he does it at nighttime. So it's just about you having a bit of confidence and like Christy said, get making sure that lead up's good. And then, yeah, just sort of sticking with it for a little bit and not sort of panicking and worried about, oh, he's not sleeping, he's going to get overtired. Like you actually have to stick with it for a couple of days for a new sort of pattern to emerge for him. So I would just try and persist for a little bit without, you know. It just takes that small amount of time to learn something. So we just have to be mindful it's going to take a small amount of time to unlearn it and learn a new thing. So Mm -hmm. they learn through that consistency. Hi girls, first time mum here. I have a soon to be four month old and I think he's going through his four month sleep progression. Yay for us. I guess my question is surrounding his day naps. So currently he is napping for 40 minutes, is about an hour and a half awake and he will do that same cycle all day long. I'm wondering, will those awake times naturally get bigger and then I can work on him having that longer nap in the middle of the day? I guess I'm not really sure on how that navigates and changes because we've been in this cycle for a little bit now. So looking forward to hearing your solution. Thanks, girls. Bye. Yay for you, Ivana. (laughs) Four-month regression. Have you Um, listened to our podcast on the four-month regression? (laughs) I know. That's been our most downloaded one, that one and the early rising. So if you haven't, I would recommend you do because we go into depth about that. But your question regarding those 40-minute naps and then one-and-a-half-hour awake um, windows and doing that cycle all day long, yes, essentially it is something we do need to try to help them with. We need to try to, I guess, manipulate their day a little bit and just increase those awake times. Otherwise, it's just a cycle they get stuck in and it's hard. So if we can start to slowly add on, whether it be just an extra five or 10 minutes awake time, and then once they're tolerating that, slowly stretch them out again, it will help to therefore encourage longer naps, which at this age, like the 40-minute naps are definitely developmentally normal, but you're also coming towards the age now between that four to five-month mark where we can start to encourage a longer naps. 
But in order to do that, you're going to need to encourage that sleep pressure. So you're going to need to increase the awake window. There's lots of things you can do, like just trying to take them outside and, you know, look at the birds and whether it be like a bubble wand or something, trying to just keep them a little bit more engaged and awake. To slowly coming into summer, a bit of like splashing in some water. water like yeah. that's always fun. But yeah, I think from this age, we kind of want to be more at least an hour 45 awake window to start being able to work on consolidating, you know, at least nap one or nap two. I wouldn't worry about nap three and four and five if you're having five. They're usually smaller naps anyway, and that's fine. Like we do kind of want to have our big naps over with in the first part of the day to complement night sleep. We don't want to have big naps at like four and five in the afternoon. So yeah, I think it's probably more in the first awake window. We do tend to find this age of a baby not tolerating their biggest awake window. So you're probably better to slowly go out there, but then try and jump to like an hour 45 and with your goal to get to sort of closer to two hours. Even if you're a fresh four-month-old, you'd stick at your sort of hour 45. But going on, like Christy said, like each week try and add on sort of five minutes so you can get to like two hours awake time by sort of five months. Yeah, it's just a tricky cycle to get out of if we don't slowly help them because they don't naturally start to do it themselves because a short awake window will encourage a short nap. So we just need to increase to, yeah, just develop that higher drive to sleep. Yeah, like awake windows are guides. We know that. So you just sort of know your bub, but, you know, at four months, like even, yeah, hour 45 I think is pretty okay to start Mm. as a starting point. The hour and a half is typically what we'd probably find more like three months old. So we just yeah. want to slowly keep adding. Yeah. Yeah. Keep adding onto it. And yeah, you'll get there. It's, it is an age where they want to do those 40 minute naps anyway, but this age onwards is where you want to slowly start increasing. So, and working on consolidating those sleep cycles. Well, I hope that helps. I liked doing this. This was fun. I like looking. And there's a bit of, like I said, a mixed bag. So if you have a question, go to our podcast tab on our website and you can submit your voice note question. And yeah, who knows? We might answer it in the next one. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Nighty night. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Sleep Teacher Pod. We hope you've walked away feeling just that little bit more at ease with your parenting journey. Please remember, nothing is a problem until it actually becomes a problem for you and your family. If you've enjoyed our company today, we would love if you could please subscribe or leave a review, or maybe even both. But if you are wanting more sleep tips right away, use the link in the show notes to find out how you can get started with one of our amazing sleep consultants and follow us over on Instagram at The Sleep Teacher. We can't wait to be back in your ears next week with more sleep tips. Nighty night.